Hello and welcome to Pinot and Perfume. I am your host, Sarah Chacon, and this week I have my best friend, Jenna Broughton, with me. Hello, Jenna. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I miss podcasting with you. I know. So I was just like talking to my brother and I was like, we've got to like do like a epilogue on this whole thing and all this controversy around Emily in Paris getting nominated for Golden Globes. Yes. I think it warrants an episode. I think it does too. Like just to like talk about, it. I'm very surprised. Like, I mean, I like the show. Obviously we, we did a whole podcast on it, but it's like, I don't know if it's Golden Globe worthy. It's you not know? exactly art. <laughs> like- no. I mean, it's, you got, it's not it's not realistic, which is fine, you know, escapism, that's what I want. But it's, I don't know, it's just not, it very much plays on stereotypes. And it's just not, I, I could think of a bunch of other pl- things that could do like, be Golden Globe nominated, not necessarily that one. It's like giving McDonald's a Michelin star. Like, you can like <laughs> McDonald's and say it fulfills a need in this world it doesn't mean it's a michelin star worthy restaurant that is so true that is that is like giving mcdonald's like an award (laughs) it doesn't deserve for like best cuisine yeah like they have some damn good french fries but like do i think what they're doing is high art like no and that's the thing emily in paris really fulfilled a need especially at this time Mm-hmm. Where you kind of want to imagine being able to like live in Paris and everything, but yeah, I guess it's crazy. So I mean, like, clearly we have material there, so we will have to come back and do that separately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. I'm just making sure that my microphone. Oh, okay. There's my speaker setting. Okay. All right. We're learning on the go. Learning on the go. That's right. That's what makes uh, this podcast, that's, that gives the realism. This is the yeah, exactly. podcasting. We're not into like that polished look at the end. And like we've talked offline about this, but like I've listened to podcasts that aren't polished, but they're still really good and they still make me laugh. And so I feel like it's you. it's more forgiving. It's a more forgiving medium for that. Yeah, totally. And I mean, there's so many things that are like produced and overproduced. Like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's just nice to like hear people chatting and being authentic. Yeah, absolutely. So you are back in Florida. I am. I'm like, oh my God, it is so hot. Like, it's yeah. like summer right now. Yeah. I pretty much started wearing my spring perfumes, not, you know, because I was going to start in March, but it's so friggin' hot. I was like, it's basically spring, spring Same. going to summer. Again, I know because we were going back and forth and I ended up changing my perfume choice because I was like, oh, what have I been wearing a lot of lately? And that like kind of informed my decision because like just certain scents I just feel like are too much when it's like this hot outside. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy. But yeah, it is, it's nice being back in Florida. You know, like COVID's been cured here. So <laughs> you're right. It's very basically. fortunate. We're having Car- so. Right. It's like carry on. Carry on yeah, to your normal yeah. life. I know. Like some people in places where it's much more locked down, they're like, oh, you're really lucky. And I'm like, eh, like it is nice. But I'm like, they also don't give an F here. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it's kind of crazy. But overall, I'm happy to just be close to like family and friends and you know yeah here and everything so yeah it's good to be good to be back in Florida I feel yeah, like I'm glad you're back 
of time here in the past year, much more than I have since I lived here. (laughs) Yeah. I looked at like, because I feel like, like, yeah, Florida doesn't give an F and that's kind of how Florida is in all aspects of life. Like if you think about it, like Florida just does its own thing. It's like that kid, that weird kid that you grew up with in like kindergarten or whatever, the one that like eats glue, that's Florida. Like, you know, like I used to go to kindergarten with kids. Huh? Do what? Wait, what? I said we're eating paste. Yeah. I used to, there was this kid in my kindergarten class who would like, I remember during story time, I caught him. He would like pick up the dried glue on the floor, on the carpet and just like eat it. Like it was snack time. Oh yeah. Like everybody had a kid. I remember yeah. that in like art class. Like you're not supposed to eat the paste. Even if it's yeah. all good. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and anyway, Florida's that kid. That's it's like every every major thing. It's like once in a while we get a little bit too drunk and fuck up like national elections, you know, yeah. ha- you know, ne- hashtag never forget 2000. But um, uh, yeah, no, like nobody will forget. We've been branded with that for the rest of, you know, for eternity. <laughs> right. Although this last election, it's kind of nice that uh, what was it? Arizona or was it Nebraska or Arkansas? One of those, they kind of took the heat off of us with taking a long time to, to do other yeah. counts. Like, I mean, there was so many recounts. Yeah, it was nice to see somebody else in the spotlight for messing yeah. with the Yeah. So, because I, th- I honestly thought going into it, I'm like, I bet Florida's going to pull some fuckery. Like, I honestly was prepared for it. <laughs> I was prepared for us to, like, fuck up another election, and we did it. And I was kind of like, all right, I'm proud. Go us. I know. I always feel like I'm basically Florida's PR person trying to be like, we're not all a hot mess. Like, there's plenty of really good things. And then Florida does something and you're like, yeah, I don't know how to defend that. Like, I I just lean into it. Yeah. I just at this point, I just lean into it because it's like, I feel like that's part of the charm, too, because it's and I feel like the weirdness to it is a the sunshine law, because by that, like everything, I think stuff like bookings and arrests and stuff are immediately made public. And so, of yeah. course, news reporters like can report out on it, whereas other states they have to wait. But also you have such a weird, like everybody congregates in Florida. You've got people from all over the country. You've got tourists, northerners, snowbirds, like all of, all the stuff. It's very I'll- transient. So it attracts yeah. some, it does attract some weirdness because what people don't want to admit or forget is like Florida's beautiful and a lot of people do like the year around good weather and everything like that's so like people want to live here or visit here yeah and that means you're gonna get some wackadoos in there with like normal people too right I feel like that's probably why native Floridians are people who have lived here for any any significant length of time are just super laid back they just roll with the punches because you have to yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's the thing I do like appreciate when I visit. It's like you can disagree with a lot of things about Florida, whatever, but it's like people are just so nice, though. Like, yeah. Say hi when you're walking down the street, like your neighbors wave. And I'm like, I lived in the same apartment building for like 14 years and I don't even know my neighbors. <laughs> yeah. So I just like, it's very refreshing how like friendly people are here. Yeah, it's nice. I think we should. Uh, we basically did uh, the tourism visitor center job for them, so we should write into DeSantis and <laughs> be like, "Listen, we'll do your new PR campaign for Florida visits." 
Yeah, we're trying to make it seem less wacky, but yeah, I tried to. I'm, I'm like, I'm like sure, but I'm like every state's got craziness. We're no more than others. Right, that's true. And like I said, the only reason Florida's got the reputation it has because of that sunshine law. I'm always going to blame it on the sunshine law because I feel like the waiting period after things happen and that other states have, nobody reports on it because then it's not newsworthy. Whereas in Florida, you can report on it pretty much after it happens. It's yeah, made public. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why you have like all these crazy news stories about like women stabbing their men over like a McDonald's French fry or some shit, you know? Is that a real story? It sounds I, like I, I made it up, but it probably could. It wouldn't surprise me. Like, I just came up with that off the top of my head. But, you yeah, know, who knows? From the headlines. <laughs> right. It's breaking news here. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But did you go out? Did you go out last night? I just went and did. Well, so they had, like, a little outdoor market. There was mask required, which it was which it was neat to have the little market, but it was so flipping hot. So yeah. it was just like one of those things where I was like, I don't think I can handle this. And so went to that, and then I went, just kind of, like, walked around. I went and, I like, there's a coffee place I really like. And then I went there, and I went to this new store like a clothing store but they also sell um drinks at it so it's Mm. like there's a couple of these in St. Pete I think I was like I think this is a very smart concept because if people have a drink then they want to start buying stuff yep and so yeah so I had I'd gone there to pick up stuff and then I came home and I thought we were going to go out but we ended up calling it early which which was fine. It was so hot yesterday that, like, after walking around all day, it kind of just, like, takes it out of you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's just been so nice. I let the dogs out earlier today, and it was just like, oh, I'm so hot. They need to hurry up. Um, yeah. Are you yeah, drinking but- anything? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Well, just water, because I did have some yesterday. So mm. I was like, uh, I'll be good. I had some at the, the shopping place, because I've quickly made friends with the owner there and so I like I'm like oh I've already I've got a new friend in safety <laughs> um but so yeah so I uh had a couple drinks there so I'm like I'll be good on Sunday even though technically I'm supposed to be off tomorrow so but I'm gonna be good hydrate how about you are you drinking anything I'm just drinking a truly I um love hard seltzer Ooh. um we still have a bunch of these in our fridge and it's almost like we like went through a, a hard seltzer phase and we just immediately stopped like I don't know like we still love them but we just haven't I haven't hit these in a while is it like the uh what's that one brand um, Night Claw. yes yep. it's just a okay. different brand okay I would say these are on par with White Claw I really like these are the flavors better because that's the thing like I feel like only a couple of the white cloth flavors are good and then like some of them are real trash tasting yeah these are these are pretty good like I'm I'm drinking wild berry um not bad grapefruit I think is my favorite out of the truly ones Ooh. yeah so if you can find a truly pack that's just grapefruit I would recommend that they also have like I think like blackberry or something and lime both of those those are good but I would say the real standout is the grapefruit Okay. Because that one sounds like, that one tastes like it has actual grapefruit in it. It could just be really 
convincing tasting synthetic shit, but it's it tastes like the real thing. So yeah, I recommend that. The lime one in White Claws, terrible. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't my favorite either. It doesn't taste lime like lime, and it tastes like I don't know, like a lot of stevia or something. It's just weird tasting. But I think it's the grapefruit was the flavor I liked the best in the White Claw. So maybe that's just a finally grapefruit really gets to shine. And it's right. hard seltzer. <laughs> yeah, the hard seltzer companies are really nailing it with their grapefruit flavors. Um, yeah. We did try the Corona version. Like Corona came out with hard seltzers. Those are all trash. I do not recommend them. They're not Re- good. They just, they just take, like I know... I mean, we're talking about hard, hard seltzer, so I know it's not going to be like high-end alcohol, but they basically just taste like malt liquor. Like, you can tell it's just like low-quality, yeah. like, malt liquor beverage, you know? Well, and I have to say, like, the thing about White Claws, it's kind of like alcoholic LaCroix. Yeah. Right? Which I love some LaCroix. Uh, mm-hmm. Free ad for them. But... Uh, <laughs> And like I definitely think like in Florida where it is so hot, there really is a place for those type of drinks. Oh, for sure. Like you can bring them to the beach with you. I mean, I think, I mean, granted, I know I think the Gulf Coast beaches, you're not technically supposed to drink, but you can get around that, you know, yes, but as, <laughs> as we have done. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can we take it to the beach. <laughs> yeah. And that's also a good um, illustration about how, you know, drinking also makes you want to buy stuff because we definitely seriously consider buying surfboards that night. Yes. Like, <laughs> and we, seriously. And, and we I ended up with the rash guards. Yes, exactly. I still have that. Oh, do you? I think I finally got rid of mine because I was like, I never wear this. No, never. But for some reason, I think maybe it's because it was like a real last hurrah. Like, I can't get rid of it because I'm like, it's too many good memories of, I guess, like thinking. <laughs> To start our surf careers right because right. I think I had recently taking surfing lessons in Cocoa Beach I think that was like or that would have been like that summer actually or like the summer previous that I had done like my friend Monica and I went to Cocoa Beach and took surf lessons so I was still like shit hot on surfing I was like yes I'm gonna start <laughs> surfing all the time now and I remember you were texting your mom because we were still I think I think I had might have graduated, or maybe I haven't graduated. We were we were still in college, but you were tech. But we were both getting ready to graduate, graduate right? Huh? Yes, you graduated like in the winter time frame, yeah. right? Yeah, like the yeah. So I think you maybe had because it was like okay. spring after. Yeah, okay, that's what I feel. But it was I had I, I was out of college maybe like a, a month or two, but you were getting yeah. ready to graduate, yeah. and you were texting your mom, and you were like, "I want to buy this surfboard of like two hundred dollars." <laughs> and your mom was like, "I don't know why this text still sticks in my head," but your mom's like, "What if you move away from beach?" <laughs> and... <laughs> I should have screen grabbed that one. No. After that, it was just the ridiculousness of the whole conversation. Oh my God. Yeah. So those little boutiques that have, where you can also drink, that's a great A business concept. I just like that we were like 23 and like, I think we're going to start our surf career now. <laughs> that was, I wanted, that was going to be like my activity that I did. You know, like some people run, some people go to the gym. I was going to surf. That was going to be my form of exercise. I was going to be a surfer girl. Yeah. And that I never mean, happened. No. 
And, like, I wish I could say that's, like, the only thing that I've, like, done this. But, like, I definitely, like, as my brother loves to remind me of, like, I really loved Alicia Keys. And I was, like, I'm getting a keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) I got one of those light-up keyboards. (laughs) I think... I want you to know I can hear my brother laughing. <laughs> How I feel like I remember vaguely remember this. How old were you? Were we were this college age too? Oh yeah, like I was too old. Too old to oh, I feel like that sounds familiar now that you mention it. Yeah, this isn't like I think that way would have been cute if I was like ten, but I was like, nineteen <laughs> buying a light up keyboard. Um, and I only think I got it as far as like Mary had a little lamb. Yeah. As good as I got on that whole thing. So yeah. I have big dreams for myself, but I just don't have the talent to match it. <laughs> Same. I remember I went through a, a guitar phase with Margie. We tried to learn Dave Matthews band songs. Neither one of us have having picked up a guitar before in our lives. And I managed to, because my sister wanted... So Walmart used to sell these this brand of guitar called called First Act and in high like when she was in high school she would have been in middle school but she like one year she begged my parents for this fucking guitar and they finally got it for her <laughs> and she played it like all of like one time and so then I took it and this was in you know in college and Marty's like oh we can we can learn how to play Dave Matthews band songs and that damn guitar the strings were so thick because they're probably cheap as shit. I could never get, it all sounded muted. I couldn't get any sort of music from it. And then I would get bored. So I'm like, fuck this. Cause it hurts your hands. It's really hard. And like, I did get a guitar as well. And <laughs> I, <laughs> and I have like, I have like child sized hands, like, and it's weird. Like, you know, your hands are just your hands. So you don't really think anything of it, but it is one of those things that like strangers comments they're like oh my god you have the smallest hands and I'm like I guess I don't know but the whole point of that being that I should have I really needed the like baby neck guitar for (laughs) that's typically a child's one but the guy at the store was just like no you just need to learn to like stretch and I really kicked myself for listening to him because it is like just incredibly hard for me to do some chord combinations because my like my hand just can't stretch that far. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those are like, you know, when I tried it, I mean, I don't have hands as small as yours, but like there was a couple of times I'm like, I can't reach this. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how he's playing this. He's got longer. I was like, he's just got longer fingers, whatever. Yeah, the guy was like, you just need to work out your fingers. And I was like, do you have some suggestions on how I can do that? Like, I don't understand. And so that's just been frustrating. I had really wanted to get it. And I did buy some online class. I think real lessons would probably benefit. But I was just trying to do some, like, video lessons. Stuff. And, um... But then, like, I have been in Florida a lot, and I didn't feel like trying to pack the guitar and bring it on the plane. So I was just like, that's on hiatus right now. (laughs) Maybe once COVID is done and I can get some real lessons. See, you even, that's good that you tried even, like, actual video lessons. Like, I just went and did the first act, like, songbook that it it came with the guitar. Because I was like, I already know how to read music because I was in band. 
And I was like, I'll just like work at this. And I did it for like a couple of days and I got bored. That's probably why my musical career never took off because I just would get bored. I think that's why I like singing because like you're just the instrument and Mm -hmm. you can kind of practice that, like, like picking up, like learning chords and all this stuff. And like, I just was like, this is a whole other thing that I just don't, I think it's the same part of your brain that can do foreign language, which I'm also terrible at. Yeah. I just think that like singing's easier. There's no like learning a different, like you're still learning some things like you can get better, but it's not like a whole other instrument I I just don't think I have the talent even though I really want to I feel like mine is like I don't have the talent either but I feel like if it's something that I I worked at I could get halfway decent but I don't have the patience for it because I want to be able to pick up a guitar and just automatically just like play you know crash into me like beautifully I don't want to have to like play hot cross buns and then work my way up from there exactly that's the thing where I was like why don't I sound like Tom Petty playing already right why am I not ready to go play at a you know coffee shop as like an acoustic guitar girl with her songs right sad songs you know like I just thought I should be there already and it's very disappointing when yeah like you said you're just playing like hot cross buns yeah, fuck that song. I don't. I want to play something. I want to play something I can sink my teeth into. But then yes. you get to those, and that's the one that has like the crazy corn combinations that your fingers can't reach. Yeah, and there's just like <laughs> way too much things of like your top hand is doing a lot, and your bottom hand's got to do a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then just yeah, and that's kind of a mind fuck in itself. Yes, and that's the thing where I'm like, I think maybe I'm just not coordinated or something. I don't know. Or it's one of those things, kind of like ballet, where if you don't start taking lessons when you're like three or four, you're just fucked. (laughs) Yes. And even going back as an adult and taking ballet lessons, there's certain things where I was like, this didn't hurt. Like, you know, like, even if you're not doing point on ballet, you stand on your toes a lot. Like, and just the balls of my feet hurt so bad. And I'm like, I know I'm a lot heavier than when I was like a little kid. But I was like, I don't remember like this being so so painful. Yeah, I think it's so much harder once you're an adult. Yeah, I thought about getting because I took tap in seventh grade, like a year, and I honestly have thought about <laughs> buying a pair of like cheap tap shoes on Amazon and just like getting back into it. But I didn't like it when I was in seventh grade, and I don't think I would like it now. But it it is fun. Maybe I don't know. I don't know why I didn't like it either. Yeah, tap wasn't one of my favorites either. And I remember just being super disappointed because like the, you know, in Perry, where I grew up, there's only like one dance company, like dance thing that everybody went to. And so they would have like the big recital at the high school. And two of my really good friends took ballet and they would always have like the prettiest costumes. And so honestly, that was my motivation for taking dance and tap. I don't, I don't, I think, I don't even know why I chose tap over ballet, but I didn't understand that the costumes varied and the ballet people got the really pretty like dresses, like the tutus and the tap and jazz people got like the loudest possible costumes. When they revealed our costumes to us, my heart sank so low because it, <laughs> cause it was like, it was a sailor costume that was red, white, and blue. And it was all sequins. I mean, it looked like, I mean, it looked like if like a, if a, I would say like a 
cabaret, like a ridiculous cabaret version of a sailor. It it was terrible. It was awful. Like, I mean, Liberace would have probably loved that friggin' costume, but it was not, it was not the greatest. And I just remember being like, I look like an idiot in this costume. And then my friends who were in ballet have like these beautiful, like white dresses with like the puff sleeves. And they took all these beautiful pictures. And I, my picture, I had to like salute in my little tap costume. And like my cheeks were so red from like the blush my mom put on. It was tragedy. It was so tragic. Yeah, I had some real nightmare costumes, like, growing up, too, because, like, the first dance studio I went, like, I learned, like, good technique and stuff, but it was, like, super, like, old school. It was just, like, like, she was still using, like, a record player and stuff like that. Like, we didn't have, like, tapes and CDs, and, like, we would do, like, songs like the, the Candyman like the Mm. old-fashioned ones stuff like Mm -hmm. that and so like then we'd have like these crazy like striped costumes that were like yellow pink orange like just so ugly and then I so I was always just like why do we always have to look so dorky and then like eventually we changed studios and then we went to the dance studio that was like kind of like the Cobra Kai where mm-hmm. oh. very mean but like cool where you're mm-hmm. just like yeah, Cobra Kai is a pretty sweet name and <laughs> like look how cool their geese are and that was sort of the studio very mean but we had great costumes that's good yeah that was my only I think that was I think a, a, part, a big reason why I didn't like tap as much was because my teacher she was good but she was very much her background was in ballet so she was just naturally graceful and so she would demonstrate like how to do the moves and she would be so graceful and I just felt like a bumbling elephant in that in that class also dead set in the middle of puberty so not the greatest there like the whole weight gain and stuff like it was not seventh grade was not good to me <laughs> so and then like to be magnified with those tacky ass sequined sailor outfits like oh well this is going to be a very unpopular opinion but I always just thought that tap was kind of like the most bullshit form of dance because <laughs> you can kind of just put on tap shoes and start like shuffling around on the floor <laughs> That, that that is true. I, you know, I'll agree with that because basically the moves are like shuffles and you just tap your feet. Yeah. It's like that's like with like I think it was like stomp and bring in the noise, bring in the fog. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like stomping around. Like I don't know where you're just like, yeah, I could go up there and make that stuff up too. That's true. Like I was cuz I was thinking about that the other day and cuz I think one of like one of the girls or one of the ladies from the office, Jenna Fisher, I follow her on Instagram. And so that was her quarantine project is learning tap. And so she was doing like a little number that she learned and watching that I was like, yeah, basically it's all in the shoes. The the shoes are what make it. If you don't have the shoes and you're just stomping around. Exactly. And the thing is like people would do stuff like loosen the taps on their shoes so that like they would make better noises and stuff. And Mm -hmm. it would kind of make the moves you wouldn't have to have as good a technique. And so it's like, I'm sorry, anything where you can just loosen some screws and become better at it, <laughs> that's not a high art form. No. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> people oh. are probably gonna like no, we're, we're, we're talking so shit on tap. Eight mil from there's gonna be some person tap. who's like really into tap and like took tap for like 12 years and we listen <laughs> tap yeah, is still i me. did too i took it for so freaking long i did it all and it mm-hmm. was just kind of one of those things where you're just like i don't think i'm like getting better but I don't really know what being good at this would look like yeah because even like I only took it for a year but basically the major moves were like a shuffle a ball change and a tap yeah Yeah. and a slide like you would slide it you know slide the shoe across like the floor whatever but those are like the four major moves yeah it's like I think I've maxed out yeah and then it's just a matter of like how fast you can go totally yeah so it's just yeah, I don't know. I just have never, like I said, I'm sure I'm popular opinion. Sorry, all you tap lovers out there. But <laughs> I just don't really think that much of it as an art form. No, I agree with you. I think it is the haul sh- in the shoes. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. So we should probably get to the perfume. <laughs> <laughs> That was quite a tangent, but I it was. It. But you know what? This is why I love podcasting with you because we can talk about like random shit. Yeah, we do, and we always do. <laughs> and it's always at least it's entertaining to me. So yeah, exactly. Um. So since you are my guest this week, what perfume are you going? You can go first. What perfume are you going to review? What's your okay. scent of the week? Yeah. So after changing my mind quite a few times I decided <laughs> to go with Mason Margiela's Beach Walk mm. and the reason I did ultimately land on that one because like I said it is so freaking hot right now mm-hmm. and I feel like some of the other scents that I like I actually do like the heavier spicier scents and I and I think we talked about this, I don't know if it was on an episode or just talking, just you and I, but I do feel like I there's something to, like, the weather really playing how a scent, like, stays on you, just your experience with it. And I think because SF tends to be more of a cooler climate, save for, like, a few days here and there, I like those, like, spicier kind of heavier scents but like being in Florida it just doesn't mix with sweat really well <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I feel like I don't want to wear those types of scents as much and I think like and also like beach walk that's very like evocative of like where I'm at too like we're not right by the beach but the beach isn't that far and mm-hmm. I think I think most places especially if you're like in a coastal area, Florida has very much like a a beachy kind of tropical paradise feel. And so I just feel like for where I'm at and for where the weather is, I really like this perfume. Mm-hmm. And I'll read the description and I think it gives a pretty good overview of the scent. So it says beach walk scent evokes the memory of a summer day with radiant notes of bergamot, coconut milk, musk, pink pepper, and ylang-ylang. A warm perfume of heliotrope, coconut milk, and musk combined to create a fresh beachy scent. Enjoy the vivifying moment of a walk along the ocean. Feel the sand rubbing your feet. The waves touch your legs while a warm breeze is roughing your hair. The sun caresses your salted skin. Solar and warm, this distinctive floral eau de toilette is part of the replica collection. And I like... 
I have it on right now because I was like, I'm going to put it on when I get up this morning. And I like, it does, this is again, not going to sound like a good thing, but it, I promise it is. Uh, it is a very much like kind of like a sunscreeny beachy feel. And this is the thing that I am constantly amazed by their scents because I know we both love jazz club. And I know that you've talked about that on here is like, you hear these descriptions or what they're trying to do and like it shouldn't work but somehow it does mm-hmm. like, okay like yeah I like to smell like you like that beach same with that you're at the beach but you wouldn't think you necessarily want to smell like that all the time but they do like such a good job elevating the scent where it just it works really nicely yeah, and I was going to say, like, this is one of the more, like, elevated beach-inspired scents, because I feel like, especially when you add coconut to the mix, a lot of perfumes can come out smelling like copper tan lotion, yes. which, which I'll, I like a copper tan, you know, there, there's a place for, but yeah, this one kind of still evokes that feeling of being on the beach without straight up smelling like sunscreen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It does, like, and it's kind of like, you know, like it's, I don't know, there's like this salty and just, you know, sweaty, like in a good way, sweat, um, salt at the beach, just like, I don't know, it makes you think of like, I've also been like, missing and wanting to go to like Miami right now. And it makes me like, think of that just like being outside and, you know, being in crowds of people and smelling the beach and having the salt air on your skin. And so mm-hmm. I do feel like there's scents just do a really good job transporting you and I think yeah nice right now anyways yeah and I know we sampled I think pretty much all of them when we were in Sephora last year um that lovely sales associate was like super excited and she just like sprayed everything for us and even all of the scents that we tried they were all very wearable like we were talking about whispers in the library which I'm like how are they gonna make old books smell like good you know smell like a a scent that you would want to that you would want to wear, but they, they somehow did it. Like everything's pretty much on point with that line. Yeah. They're very like talented over there. Cause like I said, it just does like it transport you and like all these things. I think you wanted to smell like the fireplace one or something. Mm-hmm. And That's I always the one I hear about. Yeah. When you were describing it, I was like, Ooh, sounds like it's going to be a hot mess, mm-hmm. um, but it smells so good. Yep. Like, I love like to me that's also another very good like winter cooler temperature type of scent but yeah uh, they're very good. I will say and I don't know if this has been your same experience. I will say I think my one complaint about all the scents is I don't feel like they stay very long. No, and that's the EDT like eau de toilette. They're just like a lesser there's more alcohol in those than like an eau de parfum so they never stay. And that's why I think with Jazz Club I only got the purse spray because I was like because this line is not cheap. Like a full bottle is like $135. Yeah. Or something that doesn't, st- now if you love the scent enough, like, because I've got um, my Penhaligon's Changing Constance. Now I spent, it was a, she retails for 278. I spent 145 on it because I found it on a, I found her on a discounters. She doesn't last. She lasts about as long as, as these guys, but I like the scent so much. I was like, I don't really care. So if that's it, that that's great. But I, I mean, and I like jazz club. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to spend a full, you know, pay like a full bottle for it. I did end up getting a full bottle of jazz club. And because it was one of those where I was just like, I like the scent that much that right. even though it doesn't last. It was right. like, I thought it was like interesting enough of a scent that I was like, oh, I'd like to 
to you, have you, a full bottle. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that either. And it's like, and really like, it costs nothing to like reapply, you know, like it's so easy to reapply. It's like, it's not like neither one of us are going to be like at a high important like ball where we need to last like all night. You know, that's not really like yeah. a need, you know. It'd be nice if it lasted like, right. like when I out yesterday and especially because it was so hot. Like I just felt like pretty quickly you probably couldn't even tell I had a perfume on. Um, and I just, I don't know, like I know that you've talked about Black Orchid on here and we talk about it quite a bit. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But like that scent just freaking lasts. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like, I feel like I could go like dig a hole or something and I would still come out smelling good. Like, oh, yeah, it's, like, very impressive how long it lasts. And I'll get whiffs of it the next day, like cause I'll spray it in the morning or whatever, and then it'll wear all day. And even like after going to bed and waking up, like it's not as strong, but I'll get still get wafts until I shower again. Yeah, it's absolutely. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think it's possible, but that's just like one thing I've noticed with all of the scents that they don't like they all I feel like overall, well, like Jazz Club is definitely a bigger scent than like this one, um, the Beach Walk one. Mm-hmm. But like Beach Walk's very light and so and then it so it just does feel like the the staying power just isn't there. But I still really enjoy it and I got it as part of that test sampler thingy when uh we went and so mm-hmm. it's nice to get to like experiment and have so many of the different scents and I have to say like I like every single scent there's one yeah. that obviously like more your your favorites you gravitate towards but I feel like all of the scents have like a place like where you're like oh yeah like I want to wear it for this occasion or this type of thing and so I like that I feel like they are all like really unique and good scents. Yeah, no, there it's definitely a, a it's definitely a good line. And like I said, like if it's, if it's like you like the scent enough to where performance is like you like the scent more than and you could care you don't care as much about performance. And it's definitely they're definitely worth investing in because they're quality perfumes for sure. They're quality fragrances and they're smooth and they're well blended and they're all beautiful. The ones that I've tried. Yeah, and they're just super, like, unique. Like, I'm on the website now. Like, I don't I think I had seen this one before, but they have music festivals. Oh. <laughs> like, and, like, they just, like, I can only imagine what that smells like. Um, Weed and sweat. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, like, fresh bud. Um, <laughs> truly. But, yeah, so, like, I just, again, like, you read them and you kind of, like, hear the concept of them. And I just, they don't sound like they should smell good. Like, you're like, this is going to be a disaster. But they know how to execute. Like, they've got something special going. Yeah, they really do. And it's good, like, and I think if, it's like, if you want to get, like, a full-sized, I think fragrance that does have a few. But honestly, like, your best bet it would be, like, to wait for a Sephora sale. You can get it. Um get it for a little bit less money or the sampler. Cause the sampler set you got was a pretty decent amount. <clears throat> like I feel yeah. like it was like a pretty decent <laughs> amount of cents. Do what? I said, I'm still working through that set. Yeah. <clears throat> so like in Sephora, that's on Sephora too. Like you can definitely, um, there's a good way to like try these, but yeah, I think the sampler set would be, especially if you're unfamiliar with them would be the way to go really. Cause it's like, I feel like it's good value and like you can try all of them. Like you said, you're still working on some, so they're going to last you and you can really get a feel for like how they wear on you. And it is nice because it doesn't have staying power that they're like, there's, they're little. And so it is pretty easy 
to just slip it in your makeup bag. So if you are out and want to reapply again, that mm-hmm. you can do that. So like, I think it's also nice just to have a smaller version and everything. That's a good point. Yeah, just to be able to like reapply when you need to, if you're yeah. out and about. Well, awesome. Yeah, I like jazz. Club. I did. I do like my my little thing at jazz club. That's really and that's weird because it's like when I think of clubs, like every club I've been in always smells like cheap cigarette smoke and sadness. But this one's like super elevated. Yeah, it's like, they elevate that sadness. Yeah, it's like this one's. So, it's like it it it. It kind of reminds me of like a high end club, like that you would possibly go to in the '60s, like Don Draper style. You know, like people smoking like good cigars because it's got that tobacco note. They're drinking top shelf liquor and like actual cocktails. You know, it's quiet, but you hear jazz music, and there's just like a slight haze of cig of smoke, but nothing crazy. Yeah, and like I just like it's. And you just, like, can imagine, like, a dark wood bar and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, all the deep tones to it. But And I actually got the candle of that one. So I don't know if they have candles for all the scents. But I was, like, I would like my apartment to smell like this jazz club. Oh, I remember and, when you got that. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. I like the candle a lot. It was on the more pricey side. But it was one of those times where... You know, I was just doing a little retail therapy to just yeah. try to fill the void right now. So <laughs> sometimes you just gotta treat yourself. You That's know, like right. like I think that we've all done the retail. Like a lot of it's funny because like a lot of the YouTube reviewers who do fragrance, it seems like 2020 was the year that their fragrance collections really blew up because everybody's inside and there's nothing to do. So it's just like I'm gonna buy some perfume. <laughs> And see oh what happens. God. Yeah, like I got, I've gone on phases where it's like clothes, then it was perfume. Now it's mm-hmm. like jewelry and accessories. And you're like, I don't know what I'm getting chandelier earrings for, except <laughs> by conference calls. But yeah, like it's very, yeah, it's weird. But it, yeah, the the whole real tail therapy thing is real. Mm-hmm. I you do get a had high. a good meme about that the other day. <laughs> oh, what? I said you had a good meme about that the other day. Oh, yeah. Somebody posted it actually in a fragrance group that I'm in on Facebook called Oh My Soul. And it was like, I'm getting that itch to where I, to where the only thing that will scratch it is buying something or something like that. It was, and I was like, never related more to a meme in my life. Yeah. It was like, I have the type, I think it was like, I have the type of anxiety or something that the excitement or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety where like the only thing that can like heal it is like retail. (laughs) Yeah. I was buying something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Relate hard to that. All right. So my scent is also on the lighter side. Um, it is Narciso Eau de Parfum. If you are familiar with the Narciso Rodriguez line of perfumes, he is very well known for his musks and they all come in little cubes. So this one is the white cube. Um, I had this sample. I don't know where I got it from. It probably at some point got it with a Sephora order or a fragrance order, I'm sure. But I was like, huh, I'll try it. And when I first sprayed it, the opening of it smells pretty much on the nose to Tenue de Soiree by Anique Goutal. And that's when I realized I was an idiot because I was like, okay, Narciso, this is musk. And when I described the same scent in the Anique Goutal fragrance, I was like, it smells like a powdery crayon. Because it does, but I was like, I'm a dum-dum. That's musk. That's, I just, I need, I just described musk. 
Um, and I have a whole early episode on what Musk is, so I probably should listen to that and re-familiarize myself with it. But um, whereas the Aniku Ta one is a little bit heavier and it stays longer, this one is very light. Um, so the notes for this one, let me bring it up, are, I should have already had this queued up. Okay, so Narciso de Parf. Okay, here we go. So the notes, your top notes are gardenia and rose. Your middle notes are musk and amber, and your base notes are vetiver, white cedar, and black cedar. And the result is something that's very feminine, but it's also very, very light. Um, I'd say if you're the type of person that likes big powerhouse fragrances or like heavier fragrances that like project this, you probably will not like this. Um, cause this, the projection is not strong at all. I think people would have to get pretty close to you to smell it. And then after about an hour, it definitely becomes a skin scent. So it'll stay on you all day, but it's well, impressive. Yeah. It, it's all day, but it's light. So it's not. And I think that's like, that's the point. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be, a powerhouse fragrance. It's, it's supposed to be kind of like a you but better. And that's how it pulls on me. And um, basically this little little sample car that I have, they even say it's the mystery of attraction captured in a fragrance. So it's nice. So it's perfect for like we were saying, like how hot it gets. Like this is a great some spring summertime fragrance, I think, especially with how hot it gets here in Florida. Like you don't want at least I am starting to appreciate lighter perfumes because I have worn some of my sweeter perfumes in the dead of summer and it's just, it's a little cloying. <laughs> it's, it's a little, little too much. So this one's light. It's fresh. It's sexy, but it's like a you, but better. It's the best way to describe it. It seems like it would also like, even though we're probably a while off from this, but like a good, like office type of perfume where like, you don't want to like smell like a boozy jazz club going <laughs> to the office. Like, <laughs> I mean, full disclosure, if I were still going to the office, I would 100% still wear still wear <laughs> jazz club because I don't give a shit. But no, this is what I was going to say. This is a great office appropriate scent. I don't think it's possible to overspray this. Like, you're not going to choke anybody out. You can try, but you're, you're not. Um, this is definitely not offensive. I think it's also if fragrance, if you're sensitive to fragrance and it gives you headaches, this is also a good option because again, it. It definitely like settles down on you and it smells like you but better it's um it's really nice and the price point you can find this on discounters pretty easily so it's on fragrance net the 1.6 ounce is on fragrance net for like 48 bucks um fragrance x sells a three ounce for 66 dollars and those bad. sites always do what that's not bad. No. And those sites always have like running some kind of promotion. So they always have like an extra, you know, 20% off coupon you can apply to get it pretty more affordable than like paying for retail price for it. But I think it's, an, I think it's nice. I think it's definitely, I probably am not going to buy it anytime soon because I have a summertime fragrance with, with like a light white musk in it. But I definitely think that, um, if you like, if you don't want anything heavy or you want something office appropriate, or even like, I know like people in healthcare, like nurses and stuff, they're not supposed to wear fragrance. I feel like you could wear this and still be okay. I definitely think it's worth checking out because it is nice. It is super, um, it's just refreshing. 
it's musky without smelling like animalic. Yeah, and like like you said, I just I think the heavier scents are just a lot right now. So it is nice to have, and especially like at that price point where it's just kind of one of those things where you're like, okay, maybe this isn't going to be like my signature scent or whatever, but like, and so I don't want to like invest $300 like some of the perfumes we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. Kind of just like nice to have. Yeah. And I like, like, I don't talk about bottles and stuff a lot on this, on the, on, on my podcast, but if you like a clean aesthetic, this bottle is pretty nice. Cause it's just a, it's just a, a milky white cube and just the words Narciso and black across it. So it's um, super minimalistic. It's not gaudy because sometimes a bottle will turn me off of a fragrance. Like I won't try a fragrance if I hate the bottle. Yeah. Branding. It's just like when you buy wine or anything else, like I really, yeah yeah but no I think definitely Narciso is good maybe in the future like once I use up my other fragrance um that has the musk in it I probably will pick this up because it is nice for those summer days but I definitely recommend checking it out it's beautiful um it shouldn't break the bank and it's a you but better scent I like it. it yeah I'll have to smell this. I don't think I've smelled this one. I do like really miss being able to just like go into stores and smell stuff and not have to talk to people to like have them spray everything on you. I know Ulta. You can you can go in and sample on Ulta. Oh really? Mm-hmm. They just have a bunch of hand sanitizer around, and they just like just sanitize before and after touching everything. But yeah, you can sample an Ulta on your own. I mean, like, everybody's been so nice when they've helped us and everything. I do feel like I kind of hold back because you're just like, oh, I don't want to make them, like, spray a bunch if I'm not, like, thinking I'm going to purchase something right now. Right. You know, I'm the same way. Like, I... Like Ulta's nice, but they only they only have like a few of like the best selling scents. I think like it's like a few of the crowd pleasers, which isn't bad. But it's like Sephora's got a wide variety of scents, and I always go crazy when I go to Sephora. You know, pre pandemic, because I would just like smell like spray everything on the test strips, like, and I would have like five, ten you know, 15 test strips when I'm done. Cause I'm just like, what does this smell like? And I feel like I can't do that in Sephora now. Cause they have to spray it for you. <clears throat> yeah. Unless you get somebody like we had that day, like that sprayed us the whole entire replica. Line. Yeah. I mean, she was, and it wasn't that busy cause they were, I guess, monitoring like how, you know, the store capacity and stuff to make sure it was safe. But yeah, she was super cool. She was just like, yeah, you want to smell this? She was like offering and we're like, all right. And we did buy stuff. We did. She put me on to Princess because I I think I, when I smelled that Killian line a while ago, at the time, nothing really stuck out to me. But for whatever reason, this time, Princess was like, oh, man, this is so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I apparently- smelled it a long time ago and I really liked it, but it's pricier, too. Yeah. So like, oh, I don't need. But then I think that was another coronavirus heal the pain in my heart purchase so I've really acquired a lot of sense during this time mm-hmm. and those that line that Killian line in Sephora is being discontinued oh really I didn't know that yeah I, th- I thought it was a rumor because I know for a while that line was out of stock in Sephora and on the Killian website and it's recently come back into stock and so um 
I'm on on Reddit. There's a fragrance subreddit, and someone posted like, "Is it really going to be discontinued, or is it just you know a rumor?" And someone linked to a different post where I guess somebody wrote into the Killian company and got a response back, and they copied and pasted the response, and they said that yeah, it's going to be discontinued. So I don't know when that is, but. I, cause I would love, like I would, cause princess is definitely once I, you know, is definitely a bottle I would repurchase when, once I finished it 100% cause it's so good. Was that like an exclusivity thing with like Sephora that like, was it like just that that's the only place you can get it? I don't know. Cause you can buy it on his website, but I don't know if it was one of those. Cause you know, the Killian line, they have like the super duper high end ones like love don't be shy and rolling in love and those go for like $250 a bottle so I don't know if this line was supposed to be a more like mainstream more affordable line that yeah. that's what it was like before like to reach more people and maybe it just didn't do as well as they were hoping I don't know that's so interesting I didn't know that yeah so I guess it's you know until they run out, they run out. But right now, Sephora and Killian both have it on their sides, at least when I checked. So I know I went through, I sprayed a lot of princes. Like when I bought it, I wore it for like a week straight. Yeah, it's a nice one. I left it in SF, but when I was there, I was wearing it a lot. I think like it's like a nice, like kind of going out type of scent. Not that there's a lot of going out, but uh, it is, it just like, it feels like it would be a nice, even kind of like date night scent or something like that. It just, I don't know. It's a fun scent. I like it. Yeah, it's nice. So <clears throat> moving on to fragrance in the news, did you find any interesting articles? I did. Where did mm. I put my article at? Um, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> where did it go? Oh, here we go. There it is. I really liked this one and I was like, oh God, I haven't, I, I have to catch up on your last couple episodes. And so I was like, I hope she didn't present this one, but <laughs> it's a really fun article and in style and it's the niche fragrance you should buy based on the perfume you wore as a teen. Ooh. It goes like scent by scent and it just like basically gives you a more elevated version of that scent. That's more kind of like grown up and so I was really excited because they had Ralph on there by Ralph I feel like at our age group like every girl wore Mm -hmm. and so then they like like this is a more like mature like type of scent and so they do this for several of them like they have bath and body work scents like Mm. they have CK so it's very interesting and then they also just talk about how scents have evolved and what they mean to generations and how it's a little bit different now where like you know older generations they were kind of saying like boomers and stuff they were like they really liked heavy perfumes like you know Chanel number five Mm -hmm. and that it was very much about having kind of a signature scent and so like you had that one perfume you wanted it to be something that was really big and notable because that was your scent. And then, uh, like, they were saying that then there was kind of also, like, the celebrity scents with Gen X. Those became really popular. So, like, you can think about Elizabeth Taylor. Like, mm-hmm. I remember growing up all those, like, 
perfume ads that she had where she always had like diamonds and men and it was mm-hmm. she's like these always brought me luck and she would like give like the her white diamonds to like some dude yes <laughs> yep yeah so like yep. so they were talking about how like that was kind of like gen x and then they said that like by the time millennials got on they were like less about celebrity sins they said except for Britney Spears and Paris Hilton and they said that they were pro this article says that they were prolific perfumers and I was like huh I didn't know that but so that was interesting and they said that now like millennials they treat perfume more like a lipstick of like what am I in the mood for you know where am I going out kind of like what's the purpose of this and they don't just kind of stick to one sense like you saw with like boomers and everything it's much more about evolving and having lots of new things which I thought was interesting and I feel like I've even like evolved in that way where I felt like when I was younger I did there was like I definitely several year stretch where all I wore was like Ralph and Mm -hmm. then like now I am much more okay like where am I going? You know, what is the weather like? You know, what's the outfit I'm wearing where I kind of want the scent to like match that? Yeah. And I have just one scent. Like I have lots of scents. Yeah. I'm the same. Like I like variety and I like to be, I like to have a choice of like, huh, I'm going to go on a date or whatever. Like what do I want to wear? Or like you said, if it's hot as balls, but I want to wear something, but I don't want it to be super, super heavy. Yeah, I like having variety and choice. Yeah, for sure. So it's really just fun just because, like I said, I like that they bring out all these, like, scents that are just, like, some of them are real throwbacks. Some of them aren't as much where it's, like, you know, Mark Jacobs, Daisy. And I'm, like, I feel like I was, like, a full-grown adult when that came up. But I guess mm-hmm. some people, they were children. Uh, <laughs> what do they suggest for Ralph? Let's go through a couple of them because I'd oh, be interested okay. to see what they do for Ralph because I wore yeah. that shit all the time, too. I mean, I'm definitely going to uh, butcher th- some of these names because they are like niche brands and I haven't heard of a lot of them, but mm-hmm. they they recommend Tudo Azul. Mm. And it says, um, Ralph by Ralph Lauren was a standout in the hallways dominated by vanilla and floral scents with base notes of vetiver as well as a top note of lime and margarine oil Tudo Azul is similarly show-stopping. Hmm. Do they have, what do they say for CK? Oh, yeah, let's look at that one. That one they recommend Hydrogen. Have you heard of Is it Hydrogen Labs? I feel like I've heard of that. Do they have, like, the molecules? Is that the one that has, like, Molecule 01? And they... Yes. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah, I have heard of them. Yeah, so like it says, um, what's what they say? They said hydrogen is looking to hit the same sensual chord. Musk accords the beginning of sensuality and sexuality, reads the description, with basil, vanilla, and oak moss notes. It's certainly savory. Hmm. And then like, let's see what, uh, like, I'm trying to think what were some other big scents here. Like this one, I think there was like a. Miss Dior, which I was like, I wore that not that many years ago, but I yeah, I feel like Miss Dior is pretty already pretty elevated. Like, me too. That's the thing. I was like, I remember when I all I could afford at the time was like the smallest bottle that they had, but I was like, I'm a real adult now, and now I'm hearing that this is apparently I need to 
step up my game. Right. And Christian Dior scents are not are not cheap either. No. Like, it's so expensive. It was like the biggest purchase of that time that I had made, I think, probably in a scent. But I was like, oh, I love this. It's so pretty. Mm-hmm. So they recommend Elixir Absolute. Okay. It says, not that you should judge a perfume by its bottle, but both Miss Dior and Elixir Absolute, and like, again, I'm probably butchering all these names, share super feminine energy with their pink color and classic shades. Beyond how they look in your shelfie, though, both share rose and mandragen notes. Elixir's Absolute sandalwood base notes, however, make it that much more sumptuous. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's a reach with Miss Dior, though. Like, I feel like Miss Dior is not something, yeah, that that would be common in high school. Because I think of like you said, like Ralph by Ralph Lauren is definitely okay. I'll buy that one. CK, Victoria's Secret, any of those body splashes. Yeah, like they do Bath and Body Works Warm Vanilla. Like I think okay. that's kind of an interesting one. Yeah, and they recommend Sesame Chan. Hmm. Never heard of that one. Me neither. So creamy vanilla is comforting, good for layering, and easy to wear. Genderless, sophisticated, and a true aphrodisiac. Sesame Chan is one of my favorite new gourmand perfumes because it's so intriguing, exotic, nutty, and utterly delightful. Hmm. Yeah. And it says, oh, I guess it's already won Global Fragrance and Clean Beauty Awards. Wow. So that makes you check out. Yeah, I'm kind of like intrigued. It's like gourmand. I'm I'm digging gourmand scents at the moment. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and I'll definitely send you this link. So I guess if you want to post it up too with the episode, but yeah. I liked it. I just thought it was kind of like fun. Some of them, I, I again, it was very like reminiscent of high school times or whatever. But some of them do seem much more like up to date. Like there's Clinique Happy and some different ones on there. So it's it's a fun little article. Cool. Yeah, send me that. And as always. Um, Everything will be linked in the show notes um, here. So mine one is kind of a fun one too. It's it's from Eon, ET Entertainment Tonight Online, ET Online, and basically it's the best perfume dupes for designer scents. So um, basically a lower, like a cheaper dupe for a scent that's a little bit more on the expensive side. So I read a few of these ahead of time. Um, some I the ones that I read, I'm not sure. I, I agree with, but we'll start at the top. So they said a good dupe for black opium from Yves Saint Laurent is Gardenia from Zara, which I have heard good things about the Zara fragrances or Zara fragrances. I haven't really smelled them, but um, I know a, a French pastry in Paris has been getting a lot of hype and that's like a lemon custardy lit type of um type of scent and then I've heard rich warm addictive also is really good and they do get like I think Joe Malone did a line with Zara fragrances oh I didn't know they did fragrances yeah like they're starting to get a lot of I don't, I don't know if they're starting to but I've seen them it seems like a lot of people are recommending them and even like like black opium like they on this article they quote it at $128 so I don't know if this is like the bigger bottle but in comparison with that, Zara Gardenia is 20 bucks. And Oh wow. Yeah, and you can't go wrong. And they said both have so like black opium's got coffee, white flowers, and vanilla. 
And the Gardenia, the Zara Gardenia perfume is, it's got notes of coffee, orange blossom, and vanilla. So pretty identical. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so the next dupe they have, and I've heard this one before, and this is what I'm not really sure if I agree on, but it's a dupe for Baccarat Rouge 540 from Maison Francis Corchon. And they say that's Ariana Grande's Cloud, which I, I mean, granted, I have not worn Cloud, so, and I've heard the similarities are in the dry down between the two, but just from sniffing the tester spray at Ulta, I feel like you couldn't mix the two up because it's like Cloud's, <laughs> Cloud's got like whipped cream in it. And I don't smell that in Baccarat Rouge 540. And I've seen reviews of BR540. People are like, this is a sweeter fragrance. I'm like, I don't know what they're smelling because to me it smells on the woodier side, like the woodier, deeper side. But they say, what do they say? Um, both have an airy, sweet, floral, and warm quality. So whereas Baccarat Rouge 540 is $300 for the small bottle, um, Ariana Grande's Cloud is $50 at Amazon. And so it's much more affordable than that. Again, because I also have Burberry Her, which is by the same perfumer as Baccarat Rouge 540. They're both by Maison, they're both by Francis Corchon. And there's similarity because they're always saying Burberry Her is a dupe too. And it's like, no, like there's some similarities because it's like the same perfumer. So it's kind of the same style, but totally different. Like you're not going to mix them up. So I think people are just trying to find more affordable options. I can't blame them from that, but I don't think Cloud is a dupe, but whatever. Yeah. And I think like even kind of to the point of the article I shared was just that I just do associate a lot of those celebrity scents with being kind of like not quality. Like I just, you know, like they all kind of smell like really sweet and like kind of like young girlish. Mm -hmm. And that's probably who they're trying to appeal to to a certain degree. But like, I don't know. I just I can't imagine that being <laughs> a similar trade in. But it could also just be my own biases. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I just think from, from what I've smelled between the two, again, my nose could be trash and maybe something that I'm not picking up in the background Rouge 540 that everybody else is. Cause to me, it's like the, I think it's like got cedar and saffron in it and it's also got jasmine, but on me, what I get is the cedar and the saffron. It smells very like a high end, like it smells like a creamy woody perfume that could be worn by both men and men and women. Ariana Grande, I don't get that at all. It's like, it's sweet, it's light, but it's lighter and sweeter. So I don't know. Like I said, my nose could be trash. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe I'm like the only one that's not picking up like the full, uh, picking up the full like experience of Baccarat Rouge 540. I have no idea. Um, so the next one they have, they talked about Le Labo Santal 33. And they say its dupe is Maison Louis Marie number four. And I don't, I've never heard of either one of those, but Santal 33 is $192 at Nordstrom. And Maison Louis Marie number four, Bois de Ballancourt Eau de Parfum, that is a mouthful, is $85. So, I mean, that's cheaper, but it's not like... A That's cheap not... dupe. No. <laughs> no. They say they both share notes of sandalwood and cedarwood with a touch of spice. 
So I guess like if Le Labo, if you don't want to fork over $192, but your budget is still, you can spend a little bit more, then I guess this is a good dupe, but it's not like, I wouldn't call it like a cheap dupe because $85 yeah. is still quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So this next one, they said that <laughs> this one, okay. So they said this one, the dupe that they're calling for Byrito Mojave Ghost Eau de Parfum is the Febreze Odor Eliminating Air Freshener in Wood. <laughs> so I guess both smell huh. like wood. Um, they said they saw this on TikTok. Okay. Um, so Byrito. information. Right. That's, that, that's where you, that, exactly. The most, the most important, the information that you really need to know yeah. comes from TikTok. Uh, so price comparison, the Byrito Mojave Ghost EDP is going to cost you $190, whereas the Febreze Odor Eliminating Air Freshener in Wood is only $4. <laughs> what a weird thing. And this isn't like, it's not a fragrance you can spray on your body. I mean, I'm sure you could, but would you want to? Like, this is just something you could spray in the air of your home. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Febreze does not advocate you spraying it on your body. No, but I guess it's a good, if you like, if you want your house to smell classy, I guess this is a good option for a home fragrance. <laughs> it's a, and, and on this list, I'm going to say on this list, it's probably the most affordable. It's $4 at Walmart. And that's it. That's what they ended that list with. Was, that's an interesting note to leave it on. Yeah, that's really uh, very strange. Very strange dupe. So... There you have it. Again, this will be in the show notes if you want to check these out for yourself. And if you have this Febreze wood scent, let me know how you like it because I'm intrigued. Yeah. And also, if somebody is using Febreze at, as perfume, I would love to hear about that as well. Yes. show like I want to hear all about that experience because if, if you could wear it as a fragrance and assuming it doesn't give you a skin rash or anything crazy – that could be and that could be like the best hack in the world because it's hella cheap and if it's performs, you know, you're ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I won't knock it. Yeah. So Yeah. So that wraps up our episode this week. As always, Jenna, thank you for agreeing to come on. It's always fun oh, podcasting with you. Yeah, I know. Is this like a record as a guest? I think so. This times? is like your third your third one, right? Yeah, I'm so honored. Yeah, it's always fun. It is. Yeah, it's fun doing these. Mm-hmm. So where can you find people or where do you want people where can people find you online? Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> no, I got what you were saying. <laughs> All right, cool. I know the drill. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm just at Jenna Broughton. And then you can also find me on my blog, jennabroughton.com, and for food and travel type content at Instant Gratification. Cool. And I am at Pinot and Perfume on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Jenna and I also have a second podcast called Savoir Shade. You can listen to that same place you can listen to this podcast. It's on Anchor. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. That one is a recap of Emily in Paris. So season one is up. Um, we're now waiting on season two of this Golden Globe nominated <laughs> masterpiece. Yes. Yep. Um, 
I'm also on Peloton. If anybody wants to be workout buddies, that's hashtag Pinot and Perfume. You can email me here um, at sarahchacon784 at gmail.com. You can also email Jen and I at our other podcast. It's uh, Emily and Paris podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so, which I haven't checked that in a while. Have I we, haven't we checked have, that either. Do we have a lot of fan mail there that we haven't been like writing back to? Part of me is like, watch, we both don't check in a while and then we'll get like a sponsorship opportunity that's like limited time. I'm just like, yeah. do we miss out on all this like grand opportunities? Then we'll check in. There's like nothing in there. That's probably more likely. <laughs> but I do need to check it though. I haven't in a while. No, me neither. <sighs> yeah, so... Uh, whatever you guys doing, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. I hope that whatever you do, you are having fun. You're being safe. Most importantly, you are smelling good. Bye. Bye. Pinot and Perfume is hosted and produced by yours truly, Sarah Chacon. Theme music is Around the Bend by Evan Schaefer. <laughs>